What's up, everyone? Welcome to part two of our favorite players in every round of your draft breakdown. We're looking at middle and late round picks this time on the Bowl Calls podcast. My name is Kevin Allen. I got season long says with me, and we're going to help you smash your draft. Got the best coaches in the game. <laughs> we really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block. Helmets casket is got. All right, all right. It is fantasy draft season SZN, and we are back uh, just going through, trying to help you with your last-minute tips to crush your fantasy draft. We started part one um, yesterday, and we're going for part two of this one. Just our favorite players in each round of your fantasy draft. We're using the NFFC high-dollar draft board as a guide from the past couple of days because, really, this is the sharpest board that you can get. Every every league here is three hundred plus dollars, some thousand plus dollar type league. And the re- the reason we don't use the underdog, which is also a sharp platform, is that best ball is slightly a, is a different game. You yeah, know? this is not best ball. We're going. We're looking at season long fantasy managed, football, yeah, right? Managed leagues. Um, and says, I don't know about you, but my strong belief is that your your league is oftentimes won and lost in round seven through fourteen. This is where. This is where you differentiate yourself. This is if you grab value players here, you're probably winning your league. This is how you win it, right? Uh, we talk about the first round. Don't lose your draft in the first round. First three rounds, you're getting studs everywhere. This is the area where the right decisions are going to lead you to fantasy wins. So I'm super excited for this one because you're going to get our sleepers. You're going to get some plays that you didn't think of before, hopefully. And um, this is the stuff that's really going to give you that valuable information to smash. Now, before we get into the breakdown, before we get into it all, um, we want to talk about our sponsor for this podcast, Owner's Box Weekly Fantasy Sports. Owner's Box is an awesome platform for weekly fantasy sports. You guys got to check it out. Um, They do super flex leagues, which most of the other sites are just not doing yet. You have, if you watch the bowl calls, you know we love super flex. And one of the best things about Owner's Box right now, there says, even you will sport up the nothing it costs to get into the first um, contest of the season because when you go sign up over there, use the link in the bio, and you just type uh, code Drew9, and that's for Drew Brees, sponsors that site. Drew9, that's Drew Brees' number. I don't know if you knew that. You didn't know. I could tell by the surprise look on your face. That's Drew Brees. Um, Drew will hook you up with 10 bucks in your account to literally play in a contest for free. So go sign up at Owner's Box Weekly Fantasy Sports. Link in the bio. Now, let's get into it. Round seven. Bring it up. So in the first part of this breakdown, we talked about some strategies, including one where you might wait a little bit longer on running back than you're than you're normally comfortable with because there's a lot of really solid running backs that come up late in this draft. And also there's a massive drop-off of wide receiver talent. And says, I think that drop-off happens like in the middle, in the middle rounds, but then there are some really exciting ones that you can get later in the draft that have potential. So it's kind of weird how that comes together. Have you noticed that, Seth? Season long, Seth? Encyclopedia Footballica himself? Yeah. I, the, the, after the first 15 running backs are off the board, you're you're guessing. You're into the stinky cheese area, right? You'd say after Montgomery, after Mixon. I mean, it's just, it's dicey. And that's where the that's where the best wide receivers are. That's where the last of the, of the solid wide receivers are. When you get into round, you talked about a minute ago, when you get into round six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, this is where you're going to start to pivot off of the position players if there's a tight end you like if there's a quarterback you like you know yesterday we talked a little bit about fifth round quarterbacks if you're if you're not comfortable going that early 
This is the spot. The seventh round is really the first one where late round quarterback applies. Now, you, you might be foregoing a dual threat quarterback, but to answer your question directly, everyone's a guess here. Most of your seventh round picks are going to fail, but if you land on the right one, oh my, oh my, do you have a fantasy team for 2021? Yeah, I think there are players here that are still good. Uh, um, and I think we think it, they're good. But yeah, we think, but, but everybody has a question mark. And so, um, and, and you're right. We start to think of maybe his tight end position. Maybe this is a spot for, maybe this is where we grab our quarterback. So I would say just starting out in round seven, if you want to pop, you know what? I'll pop my, um, I'll pop my, my screen share up here. So you guys can take a look at the draft board here. Along. And by the way, if you're watching along on the live feed, you could comment in the in the board and let us know who your favorite yeah. seventh round pick is right now. Here's we, here's we NFL your favorite picks in this round. But if you take a look at round seven, so says this is a spot for me, and I agree with you, where I might start to pivot. Like I see stinky cheese there, Michael. Can you Tom, scroll guys? up a little bit so all that just show the board itself? Just scroll up so the board is the only thing that's on the picture. Do you see what I'm talking about? Yeah, here, here we go. go. So and one you can even scroll up to talk, seven if you want. Yeah, it's one of the things I want to talk about here. Uh, can I highlight around? No. But um, one of the things I want to talk about here is, number one, why is Michael Thomas being still drafted in round seven, guys? We have warned you not well, to here, do Well, the NFFC ADP has 10 benches, and there's an overall contest element to it. You still want to win your league. Oh, this is Yeah, there's a little tournament. Okay, so I still wouldn't do it. But in a 10-person bench, you can – we, we, we talked about when we told people not to take Michael Thomas, it's a five-bench league. The, the cost of having a roster spot is just too much. But in a 10-bench league, you can do it. It's, and, I still wouldn't, but you can do it. And you're right. There is a, there's a little bit of a tournament aspect to this that, that happens at the end. So much more understandable because Michael Thomas does potentially figure to be an interesting piece going into like – Weeks 14, 15, like the very end of the season, assuming. Yeah, I mean, if you get into the big healthy. tournament yeah, and your Michael Thomas is your flex and someone else is putting in, you know, Mike Williams and Michael Thomas with Jameis Winston does have upside if he's back to full health. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to say this here in round seven. If for if for some reason, one of the um, what I say, one of the top quarterbacks happens to drop. If a Dak Prescott's hanging out, if a Russell Wilson is kind of floating around still if you're in that kind of league where everybody's playing a game of chicken at the quarterback even a justin herbert i think i'm i'm going to smash one of those guys potentially there um in round seven that's a time to open your eyes up to the qb position for me um i think jalen hurts would still be on the board here you know jalen hurts is there's a lot of a doubt around him right now in single qb leagues People are, he's dropping. And if you're in on Jalen Hurts, and I know you are, and I, I don't object to it whatsoever, but he's now round nine. I mean, he he's fallen below Brady. He's fallen below Stafford. And in a single quarterback league, that doesn't make sense because there's always going to be Sam Bradford on the waiver wire. There's always going to be Tua on the waiver wire. So you want to get aggressive on Jalen Hurts. But in the in Superflex leagues, we just talked about this before we went on the podcast. Yeah. You don't want to take – you don't want, like, super high upside with your QB2. You want a Kirk Cousins type uh, – you want the upside with the, the QB1. No no benching possibility. Um, I'm not worried about it in my – again, my single QB leagues because I am uh, – and I've said this over and over again, guys. I'm making sure I'm getting one of Fields and Lance on my bench in every single league because when – not if, but when those guys take over as starters – they're going to be fantasy producers. So I'd rather not waste my draft capital early on quarterback position. Going back to round seven says one of the guys I really like here, and there's a few uh, interesting players that are floating around. 
Uh, Kenny Galladay, don't really know. Don't really know what we're going to get out of him, right? Daniel Jones, not looking the best in the preseason, kind of looking like what he looked like last year so far. I'm not, not, it's not blowing me out of the uh, water, but by the he way, is a WR1 that's still floating around here kind of late. Yeah, we had a couple questions when we were talking about Michael Thomas. If you did, someone brought up a good point. Um, Lee Gardis brought up a good point. If you have an IR spot, yes. Michael Thomas, no problem. He's not the whole purpose that we were saying don't draft Michael Thomas is because the valuable roster spot. If you draft Michael Thomas, you're gonna have you're gonna feel obligated to hold him. And then when the Justin Jeffersons come on the waiver wire like they did last year, when Mike Davis comes up on the waiver wire, you can't cut him in a five six bench league. So if you have an IR spot, different story. Someone else said, uh, Gabriel, they asked about uh, the second wide receiver position in New Orleans. I mean, there is none right now. It's it's Alvin Kamara, it's it's Marcus Callaway, and of course, you know, Smith, I think is. The I guy. mean, sure, but Draquan yeah. Smith is like a poor man's Michael Hardman. It's all potential. It's never actually happened. So let's just keep moving on. I like where yeah. you were going with this. This. Right, so let's just let's get to it, man. Who's your favorite pick in the seventh round? I mean, for me, my favorite pick in the seventh round, I'm going with Cortland Sutton. I yeah, like me the too. upside. I like the upside with Sutton, and I mean. It's tough because I like a lot of these guys too. But no, but you have the it. name of this podcast is pick your favorite player in each round. You get it's one cool. pick in the round and you pick Cortland Sutton. And I agree Cortland with Sutton it. Is my guy. So okay. let's move on. Being, let's keep it going. We got a long way to go well, and a lot of aren't information. Are you going to give us your pick? Yeah, well, Cortland Sutton. That's an easy pick. As Jerry Judy's moving up, Cortland Sutton's moving down. And if you want to go, I like the upside of Devonta Smith. And I certainly, if you need a running back, Trey Sermon has league winner written all over him. But you just don't know how many weeks you're going to get because Raheem Mozart is the starter from week one. And when you're drafting a seventh-round pick, you want that guy to be in your starting lineup. You don't want to draft someone for the bench before you fill out your starting lineup. I'm I'm with you 100%. So, Let's move on to round eight. Round. eight. Do you want me to go um, first this time? Go ahead, man. Bring it for me. Again, a lot of, by the way, what you're saying, I, a lot of players I like in these rounds. Yeah, a lot of players. Of the rounds. And that's what's great also. If there's a player that has an ADP of like late eighth round, early ninth round, and you want to take them in the seventh, I'm okay with that. Because a lot of times someone else has that same idea. This is where ADP kind of goes out the window a little bit. You don't want to take an ADP 10th round guy here. But in the seventh round, I am warming up to the idea that if I missed out on one of the top four or five tight ends, that I am okay reaching up for Logan Thomas. The more I think about it, the more set up Logan Thomas is for a big fantasy season. And tight end is just, the bottom is falling out. If you don't get one of the big three or the next two, and if you don't, and if you miss out on Kyle Pitts, Logan Thomas is the firewall for me. I have a couple other guys I like later, like I'll do, but Logan Thomas is going to be a locked and loaded starter every week. Seventh, uh, sorry, eighth round is a little rich, but this is where you need to take him. I still like too much of the wide receiver talent here to pivot over to tight end, and I think I can get um, guys like Higby and Tunyon. And even uh, Dallas Goddard later in the draft. So I'm waiting on By that. By the way, Dallas Goddard, and I agree with what you said about Higby and Tanyan, but Dallas Goddard, I, I, in the DFS Army rankings, I moved him down to tight end 25. He's undraftable. Undraftable in single wow. tight end. Undraftable. Bold you can't draft call. him. Bold call. Right and he there. was our, my tight end five when we started. I thought er, with Ertz there, you cannot draft Dallas Goddard. You're going to get a lot of like two catches for eight yards that you cannot get that week in and week out. You just Very can't bold. Have it. Very bold. And, and it's interesting that the the high dollar people haven't quite caught up to that yet so um i don't think you need it i love a lot of the tight ends later so 
with with that being said, in round seven, the guy I really love, who I think has league-winning upside, and there's a few sexy players in this round, guys, including Marquez Callaway, um, everybody's favorite preseason um, stud. I like Jalen Waddle, and I'm going to tell you why. This guy has the potential to come in. Now, again, we filled out our, our wide receiver starting group. We filled out our running backs at this point in the draft, so we're just fucking around with upside. And for upside, Jalen Waddle. Sixth pick in the actual NFL draft. Um, coming in has explosiveness. He's going late. Obviously, there is competition on that team, but the competition includes some major injury guys. You know, Devontae Parker, more of a possession wide receiver at this point, not really going to get the explosive plays anymore. Uh, Will Fuller, love Will Fuller this season, but he's an injury guy and he always gets hurt. So Jalen Waddle for me has that potential late in the season to be the horse that I gallops me to a championship potentially think of other rookie wide receivers that have done this that you've got t higgins last year um we, we all remember odell what he did in his rookie season these guys oftentimes start to come on especially late in their rookie year and that's exactly when i need waddle's um help on my team so i really like waddle man i don't know what you think of that one yeah i mean listen he was probably over drafted in the real nfl drafting but the fact is he was drafted where he was and he has he, he played really well in those handful of games. He doesn't have like a long resume of college production, but the college production that he had was really impressive. We talked about this a little bit off air that Miami bad process probably should have taken Penny Sewell and taken Terrace Marshall in the second round, but they didn't. Okay, so they didn't. So yeah, this is it. Wouldn't be surprising. I, I think that uh, Waddle probably because there's a lot of competition for targets. He could be a slow starter. I think the seventh round's a little rich for him, but this is where you have to take him, and I understand why you're doing, but with Devontae Parker as a competent receiver, Will Fuller certainly will demand some targets. He was their first free agent signing. Uh, the running backs will catch a few passes. There's room for Waddle. Mike Gusecki's there. It seems crowded, and he's guaranteed nothing, But and and. Projecting when he will go off might be difficult, but I understand it, man. If he comes out and gets six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown in week one, you're like, oh my God, I struck gold. So I that is how you play fantasy football. It's not the player I'm targeting there, but I understand why it's a really sharp pick. Yeah, late, a late my my hope with him would be a late season horse to ride. Fine, acceptable early, and then late season injuries pile up for that Miami um injury prone wide receiver core, and he becomes some somewhat of a WR one level player. Um, you never know. I'm going to throw a nod in round eight as well to Corey Davis, who I like a lot and has definitely looked like the WR one yeah. for the jets in the preseason. Finally, finally Corey Davis is back where he should be. I mean, if you were drafting like we were in the early in February, March, April, May, you were getting Corey Davis in the 11th and 12th round. I mean, those days are over since you know people are now more confident in Zach Wilson. Uh, fantasy players are, saw that Corey Davis is the alpha. He's going to get the lion's share of the targets. Usually when a wide receiver changes teams and not just changes teams geek, but changes roles, Corey Davis is going from being the one a, sorry, the one B to the one a that's when it gets dangerous. Usually we've seen those receivers fail on new teams, but Zach Wilson doesn't have a rapport with anybody. So he is going to force feed Corey Davis. That is his alpha receiver. And we know, when Corey Davis is healthy, he was a top 10 uh, real NFL pick. Uh, the fantasy drafters are finally, well, at least the sharp ones, are up on Corey Davis' eighth-round pick. I could easily see Corey Davis finishing as like wide receiver 17 this year. 
Yeah, it, it's a touchdown question. He is the touchdown catcher for this Jets offense. If they're throwing for touchdowns, he has the body type to be the red zone target. It's that simple. You're not, it's, it's, you know, Elijah Moore, I like him a lot. Uh, Jameson Crowder, I like him a lot. I like these guys, but they're all slot receiver types. Corey Davis is an alpha. He's large, and the Jets do not have a, a real competent tight end on the team. So I believe that, and, and they don't have an alpha running back. So, uh, you know, there's a decent chance that even if he doesn't have like a 10, uh, 10 reception per game type of season, that he might get us 10, maybe 11 shocking, but 11 touchdowns over the course of a season, which is great at this point in the draft. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for upside guys. So a really good round, round eight, a lot of talent still on the board and a lot of guys I like. And as we move on to round nine, you're going to see a lot of stinky cheese running backs are, are, are available here. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed this, but over the last 24 hours in ADP in the sharp leagues, Justin Fields has finally passed Trey Lance in ADP. Uh, because it's just a lock that Fields will be starting in the first. I mean, but it's fine. I mean, it, we we talked about this back in a while ago, and I know everyone's talked about something, but Justin Fields for fantasy football ha- represents the highest floor and highest ceiling of any of the quarterbacks. There are quarterbacks that have higher ceilings than him. Trey Lance probably has a higher ceiling, but not a higher floor. Yeah, and Trevor world. Lawrence has a higher floor, but not as a high ceiling. And I know people argue that, but Justin Fields was the player that you and I wanted the New York Jets to take. And for fantasy football, Fields represents the highest floor with the highest ceiling combined together. He's going to be so good. So good. I love having him on my bench in every league because I know that all the suckers think that um, Andy Dalton is going to, oh, he's not the starter. Somebody even tried to trade Andy Dalton to me. I'm like, you know, do me a favor. Keep Andy Dalton for the week and a half that he starts and the 12 fantasy points that he puts up in that week, um, week in and week out. I will enjoy Justin Fields, not in the second half, but after the first quarter of the season is over, leading my team, which is why you can wait on QB in single QB leagues, guys, this is how you win your league. You have one player better than everybody else on your team because you waited at quarterback. Now, next round. Round nine. So we're in the stink cheese running back zone. No, you, did, you just did uh, round nine. No, no, we haven't, we haven't talked about round nine at all. We yeah. did round eight. So in round nine, you've got Sony Michelle. You've got Jamal Williams from Detroit, Zach Moss, Kenyon Drake, um, James Conner, all of these stink cheese running backs. Don't like any of them. Don't. I like James Conner. I like James Conner quite Man, a bit. I don't like any of them. You like James Conner. I don't like any of them, and I definitely don't like James Conner. I, I went over I this a, a little bit. I went over I this a little bit yesterday. Stress from from Kenyon Drake last year. All right. How about this? How about this? Who will score more rushing touchdowns, Chase Edmonds or James Conner this year? Uh, you're not taking Chase. Oh, no, just just go just go I with think me. Chase here. still gets more. How about okay? That? Well, then you Catch definitely don't outside. like James Conner. Catch then. me outside. <laughs> Catch me outside. So. The guy, they're all stink cheese. The best guy I think in this group, if I'm, if I've waited, number one, since I have a lot of Darrell Henderson, for me, I'm probably taking Sony Michelle as my backup at this point because now I've, I've put a lot of risk into Darrell. That dude's injury prone, and when he does go down, he probably will, based on you know karma and you know Murphy's law and all of that. I want his backup, so I'm grabbing Sony Michelle here. But I want to, if I don't have, if I don't have Darrell Henderson. Then the player I love in this round is Will Fuller. And I know I just said I like Jalen Waddle. I know I just said it's a lot of Miami, but Will Fuller coming out of last season, if he was still, well, I'll ask you, season long says, if Will Fuller was still on a team with Deshaun Watson in Texas, in Houston, 
where is he being drafted? Like what number wide receiver is he? Uh, I mean, last year he was the wide receiver like seven before the PD suspension. And there's a lot of reason to believe where, you know, there's a narrative out there that he was a high rated wide receiver. He performed well because of the PD. So I think his, I, I think his uh, ADP would still be lower than we think. I, I think it would be right around here. Um, you because think of that if he was still with Watson on a team, Deshaun Watson, after coming off of being WR7 last season? It'd be a round or two higher, but I think people would be a little bit uh, dubious because of the PD suspension. Uh, I I think Will Fuller would should be, and if he was with Deshaun Watson, I would draft him in the fifth round. But I, you asked me where his ADP would be. I think people will be dubious of the PD suspension. I think that there is a, a market bias against that. Well, nonetheless, my, my feeling is you'd be talking about Will Fuller in the same light as someone like Mike Evans. Um, and I think his scoring potential remains yes. in the same when he's healthy is right up there with that style. The, the a top 15 to top 20 wide receiver this year, even on this team. So for me, Will Fuller's like the one of my favorite late plays. When he's in the game, he's putting up points. Does he get hurt a lot? Yes, but thank you, Will Fuller. When he gets hurt, he's out. Like he doesn't play through it usually. He's just out. So I don't have to make a decision like, oh, Fuller, maybe he's gonna play. It's just you know, he gets hurt and he's gone. So hopefully that the, that won't happen. I have a ton of Will Fuller exposure. Um, he is the guy that I've been grabbing in this round. Yeah, in round you're talking about in round ten, right? Yeah. Yeah, in round 10, I mean, previous to this, this was my Gus Edwards round. Obviously, you're not getting him now. <laughs> Gus Edwards is vaulted up the rankings for obvious reasons. Uh, it, another, oh, round, By the way, this is round nine. Round nine. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, similar. I was on the 9-10 turn. Yeah. Um, I, I get Marquise Brown was another player I was drafting here before the injury. I like James Conner a little bit. And obviously, you have to like Michael Pittman. I mean, he is... T.Y. Hilton, I'm telling you, I think there is a, a very good chance he misses at least half the season, if not all of it. At 31 years old, neck issues, that is a uh, a very difficult thing to overcome. Michael Pittman got his 10 targets last year in the playoff game. Carson Wentz looks like he's going to be all right. Michael Pittman is every bit the alpha. Uh, we didn't see that big explosion from him last year, which is why his ADP is depressed. But Michael Pittman is he's got as good a chance as any. And he probably should be like a like a six round pick, a fifth round pick, and he's going in the eighth, ninth, tenth round. That's that's the guy I'm zeroing in on. From we, have, we have not seen Pittman do it, but but that's looked, why his price is here. Yeah, it looks set up for it. So this is one of those scenarios, sophomore wide receiver, where you know if he does it next year, we're talking about Michael Pittman again as a top fifteen, top twenty, as the alpha in that. All he's got the size, he has the body type. And he had a couple of good games last year. So the potential, the most, is I, I like the pick, but especially the, the playoffs, like, you know, like what we saw was when the games mattered, they targeted him 10 times. I know that was Phillip rivers, but Carson Wentz, you know, they know who the, they watched the same game film. Michael Pittman's is an app. We both liked him too. And we were disappointed when the Colts, actually the Colts drafted him ahead of Jonathan Taylor. They had two second round picks. They prioritized Michael Pittman. They said, okay, this is, we need a cornerstone alpha wide receiver. So, all right, let's, let's go, let's keep this thing moving a little bit. Let's go into the, uh, we're in, we, uh, the 10th and 11th round talk about, we'll group those rounds together, actually 10, 11 and 12. Look at this because now when you get into the double digit rounds, ADP starts to go away. You just take the players you like. So you can name one, two, or even three players you like in this group, 10, 11 and 12, who are a few players that you're targeting? All right. So number one, this is an area where my tight end firewall comes into play. So I'm going to start there. 
I need to make sure my firewall has been Higby and Tunyon. Um, Tunyon is a touchdown machine with Aaron Rodgers under the helm. I don't know about if he has a lot of talent or not. I don't even care. He's a touchdown machine with Aaron Rodgers. It's just the way they run that offense. I love Tunyon. I've had a hard time, says, and maybe you can help me. Between Higby and Tunyon, I think Higby is much more of a PPR, potentially lots of receptions guy uh, under uh, Matthew Stafford with the Rams. Love Higby as well. A couple of years ago, had an incredible run towards the end of the season. So who do you prefer of those two? Because I'm, I'm grabbing one of those two with one of my spots here. You said it perfectly. Both of these guys are are nice firewall fantasy plays and for totally different reasons, right? So the problem with, with Higby is, yes, he had those monster games that are so appetizing at the end of 2019. I mean, he went on a run like no other. What was it, five 100-yard games? And now that Gerald Everett's cleared out, but, but there's still two wide receivers that demand a large target share. We have a uh, a different quarterback in there, so we're not so sure. I mean, Matthew Stafford did target his tight end plenty, and I think Higby is a fine play. Now, Robert Tunyon, he is more like a goal line back in the passing game. Aaron Rodgers last year had 40-something touchdowns. Let's regress him back to around 35, 36 touchdowns. Is there enough for Tunyon after Devontae Adams get his? I think yes. yes. And that's what I'm saying. You remember Jerome Bettis uh, when he in two de- a decade and a half ago? It would be like five carries for six yards and two touchdowns. That's how he made his fantasy day happen. It's going to be similar for Robert Tunyon. It's going to be two catches yeah. for eight yards and a touchdown. And that's how you're going to do it. Now, Tunyon will have his games where he gets six for 60 and a touchdown. So I think Higby probably has the more sustainable fantasy week to week, whereas Tunyon's going to be more touchdown dependent. But if you want, if there is somebody that's going to survive on touchdown dependency, an Aaron Rodgers tight end that he trusts, it's the first time he's actually trusted a tight end in, in his career. I mean, the last one, he didn't trust Jermichael Finley. He didn't trust any of those other ones. That, I mean, even uh, you know when he had, they had a dusty Jimmy Graham one, at one point, didn't they? Wasn't Jimmy Graham on there on the team? Um, I don't think. Oh, he wasn't might, Jimmy. He, I forget who. He, they had a couple. Oh, they had Jared Cook on that team. Jermichael um, Finley. Finley. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of, of the tight ends. Disappointments. They've had. Uh, disappointment. It's, it's actually a trail of tears. So, uh, but, <laughs> but the only one that's really worked out is Tunyon. Here, here's the difference for me with Tunyon. We've seen him do it with this quarterback before we have seen it. We know it. And Rogers is not, he's like a habit. He's oh, like by the way, Jimmy Graham, Jimmy, I'm here. You go. Here's the list of tight ends. And I want to hear what your thought was. Jimmy Graham was on the team. Here's that list of tiers. Ready? Michael Finley, Martellus Bennett, Andrew yeah. Corliss. You remember that guy? Uh, no, but Richard Rogers is going to be on that list. Yes, Lance Davies Hendricks. Uh, uh, it's, it's horrendous. I mean, going all the way back. So yeah, go ahead. So you were talking about, we've seen the proof already. We have seen what Rogers is, is a creature of habit. Like he's like, I wake up, I get my coffee. I got a shower. Like he's a creature of habit. What he does one year, he does it again. So we've seen it with Rogers and Tunyon. We have not seen Higby and Stafford together. So there's a little more mystery about the, the Higby thing, but Higby has no competition over there. And the Rams do throw to the tight end position. And whenever Higby was without Gerald Everett, and he is without Gerald Everett now, even in the past, under a crappier Jared Goff, he beasted. So I think Higby has the more overall upside here. Probably the guy I'm going to favor. But if he's not there, Tunyon, touchdown machine, good to go. That's my first pick of the uh, of this grouping. I've got two more for you, says, and, and then I'm going to ask you for yours. But the other two that I want, I want to get uh, Elijah Mitchell of the Jets, Elijah Moore of the Jets, 
uh, has looked amazing in the preseason, has potential to rise up to the level of WR1. I like the look of Zach Wilson, and I want high upside guys in these late rounds. And my third one, and this is my favorite, is whoever I want. I'm, I'm going to favor Fields, but Fields or Lance, you already know my approach to this draft is I'm waiting. on. I'm not taking one of the elite quarterbacks early. I'm waiting. I'm taking a, a placeholder, and then I'm going to have Fields or Lance on my bench waiting. Since it looks like Fields will be the first to emerge as the starter, and he's basically Deshaun Watson without the creepy um, rape stuff, uh, hopefully. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Justin Fields in this grouping so that I've, I've set up my bench for success late. Um, Elijah Moore, high upside wide receiver um, with incredible – who has looked amazing in the preseason. I was uh, talking with um, Chris Liss and Jeff Erickson on on their show yesterday on SiriusXM, and they asked me, uh, who are my guys in this range? And I said Elijah Moore. Did you see the video that's been circulating around of A.J. Brown talking to yes, Elijah Moore? Yes, seen it. I feel like yeah. everybody's seen it at this point. Okay. That means well, you can mention uh, our our viewers maybe not. All right. So, okay. So there's a there's a video. Here's the short version of AJ Brown sitting there with Elijah Moore. They were college teammates. Isn't it amazing that Elijah Moore, DK Metcalf, and AJ Brown were all on the same team at one time? And and Dawson Knox was the tight end on that team, by the way, too. What a, what a studly group. It's imagine how the how the quarter how they didn't win anything. They didn't win anything in college, and that yeah. was the the grouping. So yeah, if you have uh, so you have AJ Brown sitting there telling Elijah Moore that he can't he praising his work. So it's one thing when you hear a beat writer talking about how oh, this player was great, that player is that you kind of take it with a grain of salt. It's just a beat writer. They don't know about fantasy. They just know what they're seeing on the field. But when you see players, people in your industry, in your craft praising you, that is high praise. So I talked about Elijah Moore as well as being one of uh, the targets. Uh, you know, his price, uh, his draft cost has not gone up or down. It stayed steady when he had an injury. And now that Corey Davis's draft price is going up, Elijah Moore is kind of staying where it are. He should absolutely be. You nailed it as a, t uh, as a target. Now, a player that, that we've talked about a little bit um, is – what are you doing with the high upside backups here? Because I find myself drafting Jamal Williams in this range. You know, there is no bigger advocate of, of DeAndre Swift than this guy. I think DeAndre Swift could smash, but the fact that he's already questionable for week one, you have to put a hedge on that bet. Jamal Williams was very competent in Green Bay. He was a competent pass catcher. And there are some really nice players here in this round. But when we get to round 10, I find myself clicking the button on Jamal Williams. Jamal uh, Williams, PFF ranked number two or three overall pass blocking for a running back. The reason, aside, he's a he's a fine player. He catches passes. He's got good size. There's nothing wrong with Jamal Williams. Sorry. And again, Pro Football Focus has him as one of the elite pass blocking um, running backs. He will get time. I never was high on, on Swift for this reason because I've been saying this all offseason. Jamal Williams might have exactly the same number of snaps. He might be out there exactly the same amount of time, and I can get him in round 10, 11, 12. So why the hell am I reaching for uh, Swift as my RB2? I think that's crazy. Um, and, I like Jamal Williams the, here. I think he'll be fine. 
by the way, Jamal Williams is pretty cheap on owner's box. So if you are playing uh, weekly fantasy sports uh, and use code Good drew nine, use the link in our bio to get on owner's box, which is a super flex format for DFS. There's not a lot of sharks over there. So if you're a casual player and you don't want to get eaten up by the sharks, certainly check out owner's box. The link is in the video description below, or if you're listening on the audio podcast, you could certainly click on the link and we put it in there as well. And I like using Jamal Williams in that format. His price is pretty cheap. All right, let's move on to the next couple rounds. So in round 13, 14, and 15, all right, let, are you – let's actually let's look to the end, four, 13 through the end here. So this is the end game. Ooh, we're, going, let, we're going bigger. Go yeah, big but there's going. a reason why I'm going big here. There's a reason why I'm opening it up a little bit. Now, NFFC ADP, it's going to be on there uh, in the later rounds, but a lot of people that we're talking to today probably still play in leagues with kicker and defense. We don't play in leagues with kicker and defense, maybe one or two of them. Talk about the end game and what you're doing with kicker and defense, and then I want to come back because I think I figured out a pretty good strategy this year for kicker and defense. Yeah, I mean, um, my main thing with more so defense than kicker is I, I actually I don't I like to get a decent defense in there. I don't enjoy the process of wavering uh, of chasing waivers for defenses every week. Like, sure. We could probably have a great season just locking in whoever's playing the the Texans every single week on defense if you're able to pick them up. But I like to set it and forget it in my leagues. I have a lot of leagues. So it, especially defense, I don't have a lot of time to fuck with the waiver wires So uh, every single week or I don't want to. So I don't mind being the first one. When I start to see uh, defenses dropping, and I, I, I actually like that the Rams is, are going first overall in the high-dollar league. And I think this grouping is correct here. You've got the Rams, Bucks, Washington, Baltimore, and the Steelers. And those would be, for me, I, I put Dolphins as one of the quality defenses as well, Colts. But those are worth reaching for a couple rounds early. Um, Steelers, right. a good well, score. He, hear me out. The, the Rams also are very particular and interesting. As, as well as being the number one projected defense, it's hard to project the defense for the entire year. right? It's, it's almost impossible. I mean, who knows? A couple injuries happen. But... One of my favorite fantasy football strategies, Geek, where the defense is to look at the matchups in week one and week two. The Rams, they play, I think uh, they play Chicago with Andy Dalton in week one. They come back and they play Indianapolis, I believe, in week two. I have to take a look. Colts are, yeah, but it's Wentz. Like, the Colts could be terrible. But, but that's what I'm saying. That's my point. <laughs> the Colts are probably right. You want them to get behind and start throwing. Now, this is the reason why I like Kansas City's defense, too. Now, they're not that they're a good defensive unit, but because the offense is so potent that the defense, uh, sorry, the other team's offense is going to have to keep up and throw a lot of passes. And that's when fantasy defenses Turnover. make their money, when the other team is passing. That's when uh, fumble sixes happen. That's when pick sixes happen. That's when you can get sacks. When the other team is running, your fantasy defense can only get tackles. And most leagues don't give points for tackles. Turnovers lead to Fantasy points for the defense is that simple. So San Francisco also opens up with a with a pretty good schedule. So I would say San Francisco, if you miss out on the first yeah. tier, and, uh, and obviously we just talked about the others. And How about, a lot of those you don't need to reach for. Those are second to last round defenses. I think yeah, the only ones are, you're going to really need to reach for are going to be the top two or three, like the Rams, um, Washington, the Bucks. Maybe Washington has a bad up. opening uh, couple games though, so just be careful. You know, you get, you're going to get you're going to put Washington in, and I forget I have to look at the schedules. But if they're facing a monster team, I think they're playing. 
they play Tampa Bay early. I don't know. I, I should have it up in front of me, but you just want to be really careful there. You pay attention to that week one matchup uh, uh, for sure. And and by the way, one thing I would say is if you if you are paying attention to the week one, you could just grab Jaguars defense with the last pick in the last round of the draft, and they're playing Houston week one. They should do just fine in that scenario because it's Houston. Yeah. How about kicker for uh, for kicker? What I like to do is this is just a there's not a specific kicker, but I like to get an elite ki a kicker on an elite offense that has a late buy. So those two th things on the Venn diagram need to cross over. And this year, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They have Harrison Butker. They don't they go for it a lot on fourth down. So you're really relying on a lot of extra points. But if they score 60 touchdowns, that's a lot of extra points. And they have a week 12 buy. And the reason that you want to take a kicker with a late round buy, also the Rams kicker has a late round buy, is you don't want to have to feel obligated to hold your kicker through a week four or week six buy when you know there's going to be players on the waiver wire that you want. So by week 12, you're going to know if you're a playoff team or not. And it won't even matter at that point. Yeah, so that's no, why that I recommend sense. taking a kicker with a late buy on a good offense. I, I've never been someone who values kicker too highly. Um, I, we all know Justin Tucker's good. He's just a talented guy. Um, I want kickers from teams that score a lot of points. I want maybe the San Francisco kicker. I want maybe definitely the Dallas kicker is going to be uh, good because that team scores a lot. So Justin Tucker has a decently late buy in week eight. So he's, you know, not bad. And the guy from uh, San Diego is fine. I don't worry as much about the kicker position, but yeah, one of these elite guys, maybe I would take it the second to last round of my draft because again, the last round, everybody's taking kicker and defense. So if there was a player you liked in the second to last, he's still going to be there, but at least you'll get a better kicker. So the last, the last kicker note before we get into our end game players geek is that a lot of uh, softwares now have a setting that you can go away from individual kickers yeah, just and team, kicker. team kickers and similar to we, what we do with team defense. That's what DST stands for defense, special teams, using the whole team. So you would just draft like the Tampa Bay kicker and whoever it is. Cause who uh, likes I to play kicker musical chairs? Hate learning kicker names. So, right. All right. Now, this is the exciting part of this because who are your late round sleeper picks that we hope can emerge? These are bench guys to go into the season with, hold for a few weeks, hope that they emerge as something special. This is my favorite part because if you get this right, if you get a couple of these guys right, again, your depth is so much better than the rest of your league. Like, here's one thing a trick for me says that I like to do in leagues. And we, we almost forget about back in the day, but like, if I can find a WR2 in these late rounds, right, then I have the potential to trade my actual bigger name WR2 for a running back, for some other elite talent along the way. So finding players here can emerge. You usually don't trade this guy. What happens is I can sort of replace one of the big name, but maybe less studly than we thought type players, maybe a disappointment, maybe like think of like a Mike Evans type guy. Still has the name value, but if he's disappointing week after week, then you get a chance to go out and say, hey, Mike Evans for, and then you can pick up a running back or some other talent uh, for a bigger name player early. So this is a really, really critical part of your draft if you want to win. And the first name I'm going to throw out there, and you love this guy, and I'm going to take him away from you. You've never told, mentioned him really as a slave. Well, we, we've, I'm sure we've talked about everybody, but you're going to love this one. Tyrell the Gazelle Williams. By the way, how bad is it that in our dynasty rookie draft we're doing right now that he went 
ahead of Nico Collins because we also allow the veterans that have been kicked just been cut to the to the waiver wire to go. And somebody actually drafted Tyrell Williams, being that he's a wide. I mean, he is the wide receiver one on Detroit, I mean, so that, there that is value there. Him has a terrible team is rebuilding. Like he, Tyrell Williams, what he what he brings to the table is he appears to be the WR one for Detroit. Yeah, like he looks like the number one wide receiver on a team. That's going to be down in games all the time. So why do I give a shit? Oh, yeah, Tyrell sucks. Well, you know what? He wasn't that bad. Uh, he had a good year with the Chargers a couple years back. But more importantly, it's just opportunity. He's a he's a larger wide receiver on a team uh, where he's uh, playing the WR1 position. Yeah, by the you way, I mean? we were we were talking earlier about Washington having a bad week one matchup. Um, Jeremy in the chat may, uh, looked it up for us. They are playing the Chargers. So you don't really want to start them week one against Herbert. So I mean, if they're then, your team, you're starting him. I, I feel like if you have Washington, you're starting him every week, no matter what, yeah. unless it's like Kansas city. Yeah. No, you made a good point. So you can go a couple different directions with the end game here. And, and some of our favorite picks, you can go with the boring proven veteran, the Tyrell Williams, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, he's going to be healthy in week one. And we didn't talk about him when we were talking about Tyler Higby with, with big targets and Deshaun Jackson in his one game he played last year was like a top 12 wide receiver. Obviously he, he gets hurt a lot. So if, at the end game, you want to start, you get into a pinch in week one. I got a lot of these. So, yeah, I mean, let's just hammer through some names here of late round picks. Like these are your sleeper picks. I'll I'll throw one to you that you really like a lot as a backup that not a lot of people are thinking about. Chuba Hubbard. We just talked about this off air um, is one Christian McCaffrey injury away from leading your team to a fantasy championship as an RB one. Like they the the Panthers have gotten rid of all the quote unquote backups for Christian McCaffrey. They like what they've seen from Chuba Hubbard, fourth-round draft pick this season, and he's looked good in the preseason. How about that? You know, one injury away from leading your team to a championship right there. Yeah, one of my favorite fantasy football strategies is to load your last – you load your bench up with one injury away running backs. And obviously at a, right, at a good cost, and there's – Gus Edwards was one of those guys. Daryl Henderson before the Cam Akers injuries was one of those players. Chuba Hubbard is one injury away from being ranked as a top 15 running back. So he is, I agree with you. He's a priority add in season long leagues. It's going to be tough to hold him when you're getting zeros, but these are easy cuts in the 11th, 12th, 15th, 16th round. These are the players that you want to churn off your roster. If we come in week one and Chuba Hubbard has zero role, you can cut him. It's fine. It's like Tony. That's the problem with drafting someone like Tony Pollard. You and I talked about it. He costs you an eighth or ninth round pick. And if he gets a zero in week one and he gets a zero in week two, you're not going to want to hold him. But when you're taking, when you, invest so little in someone like Hubbard, you don't mind churning him off your waiver. Uh, no, and, off and your the dice roll, you're dice rolling it that for the time every week is another roll of the dice that hit, the starter gets hurt. Like this is the way I look at it. You know, in DFS it says, let me give you a little DFS lesson. Okay. In DFS, the way I look at, and I look at every entry as a bullet, each one increases my odds slightly of winning a tournament, right? I look at my bench players in fantasy football as these bullets. And when you're holding, especially especially um, backup running backs with potential to start, the way it works is every single week of play, there's an opportunity for the player ahead of that person to get hurt. I don't know, you know, the injury rates for running backs could be over 10% on average. So if I have four or five of these guys on my bench, and and we can name a few, I'll, I'll um, Darrell Williams uh, uh, on uh, uh, Damian Williams, all the Williams brothers. There's a lot of these guys where they're going to lead your team. They're, they're going to be your starting RB2 if the guy gets hurt in front of them. So 
Chuba Hubbard fits the bill perfectly. Um, most like, and if you need to drop him, it's fine. Like, Hey, it's week four. I had four bullets that I wasted for his starter to get hurt. Now it's week four. Fuck it. There's somebody great on the waivers. I can't drop these other guys. I'm going to drop this guy. So what? So what? That's, that's the type of guys I like to play. I like to sit them on there and wait, especially if you, now it's beyond the drafting early, but I definitely do this when drafts happen before the end of preseason, because every preseason game is another opportunity for the starter to get hurt. We saw it happen with ATN where James Robinson emerged as this crazy player. Now he wasn't a late pick, but there's a few names like this. So Chuba Hubbard for me is one of these guys in the last couple of picks of my draft that I'm grabbing. And again, Damian Williams is another guy from Chicago. I think it's the same exact thing. If Montgomery gets hurt, Damian and Williams now, is now. And now um, Tariq uh, Cullen is out for, I think, five or six weeks. We've so. known this. I don't think it's a surprise. They've said it the right. whole time. The guy hasn't practiced. Tariq Cohen is a non-factor this year. When he comes back, we'll see if he's even fine. But Damian Williams is the direct backup. Even when... When Montgomery, if he went down, Tariq Cohen would not all of a sudden be the starter. Tariq Cohen keeps the same kind of third down scat back role. They'd need somebody else for it. So that's another did, guy um, I really like here. Th- just someone, again, waiver wire fodder to keep an eye on, on in the Chicago backfield since you bring it up is Khalil Herbert. I, I like him a little bit as well, but I wouldn't draft him uh, in a typical 16-round draft. The it, it, Pivoting over to wide receivers, if you like veteran wide receivers, I think you and I both like Jacoby Myers. Uh, in the oh, sharper yeah. leagues, he's definitely going to go a little bit earlier than this, but in your home league, in, even in a league where people know some things, they're gobbling up. Uh, they're, they're, Jacoby Myers is going to fall to the end game. He could be that the, the new Jillian Edelman. I mean, he is going to catch. He's going to have a lot of eight for 80 games. Maybe not big touchdown equity, but in a PPR, if you need to put him in your wide receiver two in a pinch or wide receiver three, I like Jacoby Myers. I mean, we can be six weeks through the season. It won't surprise me if, if Jacoby Myers is like wide receiver like 27 on the season, and that's very usable for fantasy. Very much a PPR asset. I love Jacoby Myers, the law firm, as we like to call him. I made the joke to you yesterday. You can't call him the law firm because the New England Patriots already had Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, who was known as the law firm in that franchise. The retainer with Ben Jarvis Green Ellis has run out. Ah, Very good. Well done. Well done. Well done. So, so one other, so there's still some names here though. This is a really important part of the draft. So like, well, we got to wrap, so you better give your last two names, but I'm going to go right along the line of what you just said and just throw in Nelson Aguilar. Same difference big play wide receiver looked like shit with cam newton and his horrible accuracy um scenario for the patriots now that newton is gone as much as we'll all miss the colorful costumes that you get to see at every single um at at every single uh conference after each game and i'll miss it i love the schmata he wears over his head and all of it so i hope he gets another job yep so but with mac jones at the helm uh and Nelson Aguilar, he looked great last year with with the Raiders. So I think Nelson Aguilar becomes a legitimate big play wide receiver that could have a great year. I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast this morning, and he had Matthew Berry on. And at the end, he let Mar- Matthew Berry promote some of his products. He goes, yeah, go ahead. And Matthew Berry started going on and on and on. And he goes, listen, this isn't an infomercial. So why don't you quickly, in 45 seconds or less, tell everyone quickly how they can – uh, about our sponsor and about DFS Army products, and then we'll come back with a little more content and leave. So you got 45 seconds. I'm putting you on the clock. You are not allowed to bloviate for two minutes about this. You got All 45 right, so, seconds so, for two different companies to promote. We are, well, we already talked about Owner's Box. Use code Drew9. It's really easy. They give you 10 bucks free to bet. Do it. Just 
Click on the link in the Superflex uh, DFS. Superflex now, DFS. That's what it is. Superflex DFS. It's awesome. Now, you want to actually smash DFS this season, 14 premium tools, everything you need to really have a wonderful season. We do a journey together at DFS Army. We are a family. Uh, we have the best tools in the business. Multi, uh, multi-time million dollar winners. Uh, GPP takedowns every week. Showdown coverage from the best in the business. So just get signed up at DFS Army. We have an NFL season pass. It's $199 for the season. You can do NFL just for $39.99 a month. All of them get you uh, 10% off when you use promo code geek. And of course, VIP, every DFS sport in existence, our chat, we have the best players in our chat teaching our members how to play. So get in right, there, DFS Army, promo code geek. See, I think that's more effective than going on for 10 minutes. I think you did a listen, good job I'm there. I'm a talker, bro. I'm a talker. Right. So Somebody listen gave to- me a hard time, by the way. I did I did a fan duel on DraftKings first look a lineup this week in the DFSR, of course, in this YouTube channel. So go check it out if you want. And um, somebody's like, man, it took nine minutes for him to get to it. Like it, nine minutes in, I'm like, all right, let's get into it. And yeah, I have to, I you're an excellent entertainer and you have elite knowledge compared to them, but I'm going to teach you a little bit about technical broadcasting uh, one of these days and about how to keep no. things moving. And well, the problem is real. you don't listen. The problem real. is you're so busy and you're doing so much research for DFS Army is that you don't listen to enough podcasts to know what what that the is listener true. is feeling and understanding. I listen to more podcasts than anybody, but yeah, you're. You, I don't want to. I also don't want to interrupt your style because it is such an effective style. The people love you, and they are the reason they keep coming back for DFS Army. They come back for you. All right. Last thing, people are getting ready to draft geek. And similar to when a fighter like a boxer, Mike Tyson or Conor McGregor is getting ready to go in the ring, what their corner person does is they get in there, they rub in their shoulders, and they give them just the last-minute instruction, stuff they already know. Remember to keep your hand up. Remember to stick the jab. Remember to move your feet. What's that last-minute advice you want to give to people who haven't drafted yet? All all I can say is trust trust your early instincts and don't panic. People panic in drafts and they they make bad decisions um that is the ultimate you got to trust your research in advance and go with it do not panic when you're on the clock and a guy gets taken that you wanted right before you don't allow that ever to happen always be ready with two or three players that you're going with and know who you're going to pick before your pick comes up I think that's really sound advice and I also think that you need to adjust to the market in your room so if you're in a draft and you're waiting on tight end or waiting on quarterback and all the quarterbacks start going early. Yes. You want to soak up the value, but if you are planning on taking Justin Herbert or Matthew Stafford is a wait on quarterback, still good option. And you see the quarterbacks are just going, 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 and you were planning on waiting to round eight. You might have to push it up to round six, round seven. So don't be afraid that if the individual market in your room is trending away that you didn't expect to either fade that completely or get in on it. If you see the run that people are just gobbling up those wide receivers, you're like, oh, this is great. I'm getting all these running backs. Don't get caught in a situation where you're having to decide every week, do I start Devontae Smith, Jarvis Lander, and Michael Pittman as my one, two? You want to have players that you have no-brainer starts that are just set it and forget it. So adjust to the market in your room. All right, Geek, until next time. That's it for us. Bull call podcast. We will be back again. I'm sure with one more before the season. Starts. At least one more, but a couple yeah. more, but we have to do our annual bull calls where we give you the 20th percentile outcomes for our favorite right. players and, and look for the, look for the playbook, which is my new signature weekly show. 
starting up next week on Wednesday. That's going to be betting lines and DFS angles. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. Look for the, the new show. It's called The Playbook. I'll be on with some of the best and sharpest minds in the DFS and sports betting industry looking at uh, betting angles and DFS angles for a full week breakdown once a week called The Playbook. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. All right. We'll see you later in the week, guys. Bye-bye.